family, I'm so happy to announce the launch of my brand new premium podcast. It's called Ideas That Matter Plus. This is an exciting new development that we've been working on for some time. This after seeing a lot of you request coming through saying thank you for what we've done and wanting more. Ideas That Matter Plus is a more targeted podcast that focuses on business strategies and more high-level thinking to help highly ambitious entrepreneurs, SMEs, business owners and founders, even the CEOs of big business. It only costs 450 Rand per month and will be coming in, but I mean coming in hot. So, subscribe now to Ideas That Matter Plus, now available on Spotify or Apple Podcast Store. Sayonara. Hello, Vusi. This is Isaac Kamwaya from Zambia. I, um, I currently run two businesses. One, we are into uh, advertising and branding, and the other one, we are into uh, construction. Yeah, so I just wanted to reach out to you and just share with you how I've been helped, you know, by uh, the, the podcasts. So every time I'm driving to work, I listen to your podcasts. So I've been, I've been listening to that podcast you did in October last year about the spiritual jet lag. It resonates with me so well because I, you know, you know the way it is in business, we go through so much and uh, when you when you hear someone talk, you know it just it motivates the spirit and just pushes you to do great things. I I truly treasure your counsel, Vosi, and uh, I must say you operate like a spiritual midwife to deliver people from you know the other side of life to the other side of great life. Thank you so much, Fosi. Continue doing what you're doing. Continue impacting lives. Continue changing lives. Thank you. Oh, hey there, Fosi. Hi, my name is Judith from Nigeria. I am a graduate now, and I've been following your podcast for a good number of months now, and also your YouTube channel. And it turns out that I have three favorite episodes. Um, the first one is Old Money. And the second one is Sponsors, Coaches, and Mentors. It's actually, it's one podcast on its own. And then the third one is your very last podcast being what I wish I knew before I turned 22 or at the age 22. I found it really intriguing. Uh, I really had to take notes. And that's the very first podcast in my entire life that I had to listen to two times. I had to listen to it two times in one day because it was super impact-filled. And my question now is, what is the advice you have for someone that went into debt and really hits rock bottom? Though the person is out of debt, the, you know, what... I am the person actually uh, I went into a huge debt last year and though I've paid off my debt but I'm still trying to you know land back on my feet which I'm doing right now so what are the advice you have for someone because I'm not just one person um, what advice you have for a couple more people that went into debt and made the wrong choices yeah that's my question thank you we'll see
It's time to take your seat at the table. Find out how with Vosi Tembeguayo as we discuss ideas that matter. A catalyst for bold action. Hello, family. Hello, family, and welcome to another episode of the VT Podcast. And here, we talk about ideas that matter. Isn't it such an interesting thing to talk about ideas that matter? I remember when we started this podcast, what is now well over two years ago, we had a long conversation about what would the podcast be about. And everybody tends to talk about these like everyday current affairs, like who won what, who didn't win what, who's fighting with who, who's trending, who's not, who's saying what about who. And I really wanted us to have a conversation that elevates. One of the ways people have these conversations that elevate, of course, is they do inspirational content. That's the human story. Tell me about you and where you started and where you grew up and what you do now, etc., etc. And I think there is a place for that. But certainly squarely fitting into the place where we sit, nobody else occupies that space. It's a space where we can talk about things that grow us, things that develop us, considerations, ideas, and thoughts we'd never had before. And so we coined ideas that matter. It was actually partly inspired by a WhatsApp group that I belong to with uh, some friends of mine. One of them is the current head of marketing at Google Africa. And the, I, the, the name of the WhatsApp group is Ideas Worth Sharing. Really, really smart guys who just talk about stuff that's just worth discerning and sharing and disseminating with one another. Truly conversations that elevate us. Thank you so much, Judith, for that lovely, lovely testimonial. And the question, too, about what to do when you find yourself in insurmountable levels of debt. First, let me just say that we are not licensed financial advisors, so I would ask you to go and talk to somebody who is and sit them down and help them understand your exact situation so that they can actually give you the necessary advice. The things I'm about to say then are more thematic in the advisory basket rather than specific advice to you and to your specific situation. But I've been there, Judith. I've been there. I've been at the place where you owe copious amounts of money. and just like, wow, how am I ever going to get out of this? And I think for a lot of us who are betting on ourselves, that doesn't take an awful lot to happen, right? In my specific instance, one of the ways I found myself in that situation is I was a shareholder in a company. And one of the other shareholders wanted to leave the company. And the company didn't have the liquid capital to buy them out. And I said, well, I'll buy them out. And I took on that debt. And that was millions upon millions upon millions, right? And I said to them, I'll, I'll buy you out. But let the company operate for now. Because I genuinely believed then, as I still do, because the company is actually doing exceptionally well, in the company's ability to trade out of whatever challenges it was facing. But this specific individual individual wasn't willing to wait. And I said, well, I'll buy you out and I will take on that debt myself. Huge amounts of debt. And I've since paid it off and life has gone on and they've moved on with their lives and the company's doing exceptionally well. And my shareholders' equity in that company is worth about five times what it was when they sold out of the business now just well over two and a half years ago, there or thereabouts. So the point I'm making is that it is not uncommon for us to find ourselves ending up in debt. For some people, they end up in debt just because of poor decision-making Cumulatively, buying the thing you don't need when you don't need it, looking to impress people who don't need to be impressed by you, trying to prove that you are at a stage where you are not yet, nor should you want to prove. Because here's the lesson I've learned about true wealth. When wealthy people reach a level of true wealth, they don't need to prove it. They don't even show it. Not in what they wear or what they drive or where they live. It's just not, it's not what they're about. Now, it's not to say that they will not spend their money. 
it is to say that they will not spend their money in an attempt to prove. You see, every morning when you wake up and you get out of bed and you put your feet on the floor, gravity doesn't need to prove itself to you. It's there. Every time when you go to the kitchen and you put a glass underneath the uh, faucet and you open it and water comes out and you drink it, the water doesn't need to prove itself to be wet. It just is. When you step out into the day and the sunlight, the beams bounce against your forehead and you feel that warm heat of the sun, the sun doesn't need to prove itself to you. It just is. Things that are never need to prove themselves. Worry then for sure when people are trying to prove something, when they're living like they're trying to demonstrate something. It is almost certainly true that when somebody is trying to prove something, they are definitely not the thing they are trying to prove. And I think a lot of us get ourselves into trouble just by trying to be something we're not, trying to appear to be at the stage we're not, trying to play a character that wasn't written for us in the script of our lives. And every time you play a character that wasn't written into the script of your life, you're going to have to adopt somebody else's script and read somebody else's lines, and then you wonder why you end up at a place that wasn't destined for you in the first place. That's so deep you should tweet it. Live your life for you. So, you've found yourself in the space now where you are in trouble. You're in debt, and you don't know what to do next. The first bit of advice I would give you is the following. Write down all of the debts that you actually have, line by line, individual debt by individual debt. Write down next to each of those debts the quantum, the amount of the debt. And next to that, the interest that you're paying on that debt. This is, for me, what's really worked over the years. I don't pay down the largest debt. I pay down the largest interest-bearing debt. In other words, I go to the debt first where I'm paying the highest amount of interest because I recognize that interest is simply eating my money for no other additional benefit. So if I have four debts then that I've got to pay off and I want you to picture the scenario and on the top line, I've got a debt of a million dollars and on the bottom line, the last item, the fourth item, I've got the debt of a hundred thousand dollars, but the million dollars is at 2% and the hundred thousand dollars is at 10%. I'm paying the hundred thousand dollars first. Why? Because that's the one that's eating the most amount of my worked money because the interest rate is the highest. You'll find this typically to be true in your unsecured lending. These will be your personal credit cards, your charge cards, your travel cards. Those kind of expenses tend to have the highest amount of debt. It's the, the credit card you're using on your travel or your food or the credit card you're using on the uh, miscellaneous items or your consumables. Those tend to have the highest amount of debt. That's what you pay down. First, the second trick I've learned, almost each and every single bit of credit is negotiable. What you never want to do when you're in trouble, particularly financial trouble, is not be reachable. Don't be the person who's not reachable. Don't not answer your phone. Don't not respond to your emails. There is nothing worse than not communicating because what that does is it makes your creditors very, very nervous. So what do you want to do? You want to communicate and communicate up front. You want to let your creditors know up front where you're at. And what I found has worked has been an open, frank conversation with the creditors. Listen, we know we owe you a million dollars, but we can't afford to pay anything more than $50,000 in a month. So why don't we come up with a payment schedule and we're going to keep to that payment schedule. 
Now, what I've learned is when people have forwarded you money, borrowed you money in good faith, typically, if you negotiate with them in good faith, they will extend the same. Where the faith turns bad is when they think you're cheating them, you're being deliberately mischievous, or frankly, you're just taking them for an idiot. When that happens, then you lose the good faith element. The second bit of advice. Third, record everything. Everything, every WhatsApp, every text, every email, and every phone call. Record each and every single conversation between yourself and whomever it is that you are indebted to, whether it's an institution like a bank or it's an individual like a family member. Record all of those conversations. And the reason you want to do that is because of the fourth step. Before you sign anything, get a legal eye to review the thing you're about to sign family member sends you a completely benign AOD, an acknowledgement of debt, and says, sign that you owe me this money before you sign it, you might want to see a lawyer about that because once you sign an acknowledgement of debt, it is a legal document that is presented in court as a functional fact of the fact that you actually acknowledge owing that money. See, if you owe somebody money, right, but you've never signed a contract with them and the matter ends up in court, at the very least, when you get to court, you could go, well, I didn't know it was a loan. I thought it was a gift. The minute you get to that stage, it means you acknowledge the fact that it was an interest-bearing piece of credit. You've now completely acknowledged it. In other words, you can't then go before a legal fora, a court or anything like this and argue ignorance or argue that the nature of the money is not as is being presented in front of whomever it is that might be the magistrate and or the judge. So, you want to know what is your debt, which is the most expensive, and you want to start with that. You want to be able to openly communicate with your creditors. Don't run away, no matter how bad the situation is. Even if the answer is, listen, I don't know, I don't have the money, I'm not generating an income, and I don't see how that's going to change anytime in the future, be the person at least that says so. Fourth, you want to make sure that you document everything, write everything, record everything. And finally, you need to get a legal eye to overlook all of your stuff. I've learned this over the years. I never move without my lawyers reviewing things. Even when I'm signing a contract for one of our new offices around the world for, I don't know, an ISP, an internet service provider, I do not put my signature on that document until my company legal has had a look at it. For my own personal stuff, it doesn't matter what I'm signing, whether it's my new will or I'm signing a new contract to buy a new asset or I'm moving stuff from one asset structure to a trust. I do not sign anything that my lawyers haven't seen. I'm so petty. I don't even think I would sign my Netflix contract unless it came with just accept on my phone. Why? Because as my father used to say, if there is one thing in the world that will get you in trouble no matter where you put it, it's your signature. To be clear, and please excuse the crass, my father used to say, a man has two things in the world that can get him into a world of trouble. His signature and his penis. Now, ladies, forgive the second one, but I think you get the point. There are certain decisions we make that can outlive the moment we were in when we made those decisions. Listen, don't be ashamed. 
A lot of us are still rebuilding from the horror that was COVID. A lot of people are still trying to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. And if you find yourself in that situation, I have news for you. Every person you know and everybody you admire has been where you are. Everybody. You've done nothing wrong to get to this moment, except perhaps to make one or two poor decisions. You can't change the past. It is immutable. But you can change the future. So here's the question. What are the decisions you're going to make going into the future? Three things to do then going into the future. First, draft a budget. I hate budgets. And I tell you why I hate them, because I hate keeping to them. It's not drafting the budget that's an issue. I'm fine with drafting the budgets. I get budgets for my portfolio companies all the time. It's keeping to the budget. That's the problem. So you know what I learned? A little cheat. I learned that if I incentivize myself for keeping to the budget, then it became a game, not punishment. You know what I mean by this? Let me explain. So I've got like a personal budget. This is what I'm going to spend on these things. And my budget is not fixed numbers. It tends to be in the range. I'm going to spend within a particular range for this and that and this and that. I'm going to spend within a particular range for my continuous learning and education to go to school. I'm going to spend within a particular range for my travel and seeing the world. I'm going to spend within a particular range for, I don't know, um, cars that I like, whatever the case might be. I typically set myself a range. And then I will set myself an incentive for keeping to that range. So if I keep to all of my ranges within my personal budgets for the year, I will add something. I'll add something like, now I get to take X amount of money and take myself on a beachfront holiday or whatever the case might be. Or I finally get to buy that timepiece that I've been eyeing for the whole year because I've actually kept to my budget. The minute you make it a game, it's not punitive. It becomes a game. The second thing to do, and this works for me, it might not work for you, I try not to set myself monthly budgets. I do it quarterly. I really, really struggle with monthly budgets just because there's so many oscillations to life, right? Like, I'm only going to spend X amount of school fees, sure. And then the school contacts you and tells you that your child has got to go on an extramural activity. There is a camp. They need this and they need that. And before you know it, you've blown your budget out the water. So what I do is I try to manage my budgets within a quarter not a month. So I go, well, if this is what it's, it costs me in a month, I'm going to extrapolate that over three months. And this is within the range that I should be spending money with. You see, when the budget is not something hard, fast, and like a finite thing you've got to reach, it doesn't become as punitive. It becomes you keeping yourself accountable, which is the point of a budget. It's accountability. Not supposed to be, you know, sadistic punishment. And then the third thing about what you do going forward as you move forward trying to get yourself out of the financial quagmire that you're in. Ask yourself, who are you really trying to impress? And don't answer that question now. Don't answer that question publicly. But answer it in your own heart, in your true hearts of hearts. The house you live in now, the car you drive now, the timepiece you're wearing now, the piece of jewelry on your neck now, the gym you go to now, the shoes you're wearing now, the purse and the bag you carry now. Are they for you? Or are they for the people looking at you? And here's how you answer that question. If it's for you, 
then you won't mind not having it. Because you'll know that it's still yours. I have a fleet of supercars. <laughs> Over the past week or so, my partner has been coming to the office in Haval. I have loved driving this Haval. Let me tell you, 1.5 liter turbo, a bit of Chinese magic, and it's a bullet. And I love driving this thing. Now, is that to say anything? No, I still have my V12s. I love my V12s. I drive my V12s. But it is to say, when I feel like just going down the road or sometimes just popping by the office, or of course I'm going to take my Haval. Of course. Why not? Far be it for me to say anything. So my son says to me, he's like, Dad, what do you feel like you're driving this car? What do you think people are going to say? And I know what he was asking me. So I said to him, I said, you know, the funny thing is it doesn't matter what car I show up in. My name is still Vusitemurai. And frankly, I don't need a car to introduce me. They see my face and they know exactly who I am. So who are you living for? And what are you trying to prove? And to whom? That, friends, that's a good self-reflection question. For those of you who'd like to find out a bit more about our mentorship program, go to vtclub100.com. And if you're building a business and you're looking for somebody to help you scale, go to schoolofscale.co. Friends, family, that's our podcast for the week. I hope you're well, and I hope you stay well. Sayonara. Hello, family. We love to hear from you here at the VT Podcast, and we've made it even easier for you to do so. You can send us a WhatsApp voice note about your thoughts on our podcasts on plus two seven eight one five zero five seven double six seven. That's plus two seven eight one five zero five seven double six seven. We look forward to hearing from you. This podcast was proudly brought to you by My Growth Fund in partnership with Sound and Sounds Media.